Welcome back, guys. It's episode three. We finally got there. We broke through the first two. So I'm Anna. I'm Jessica. And today we're going to go over Jess's background. I think it's really important for you guys to understand that we're really just normal human beings. And we are far well, from normal. <laughs> <laughs> we're not weirdo weirdos, right? I, well... well. We're going to let you be the judge of that. <laughs> I think what she means is we're just going to talk about our background. You can judge whether or not we're weird. Yes. Um, but I think it's important to kind of tell you guys who we are and that we're down to earth. We're not some crazy psychic weirdos that, you know, just throw oh, yeah. out random stuff. Claim to have some powers if you call our 1-800 number. We'll tell you when you're <laughs> going to meet the man of your dreams. That's not what you're no. getting from us at no. all. And I think it's important to go over where we started from. How did we first recognize that this is a gift or that we could see and feel things? So we're going to talk to Jess today. That's right. And anyone that knows me knows that I love to talk. So this is... <laughs> It's really a dream come true. Oh um, my goodness. <laughs> so yeah, we're going to talk about my background, my childhood, but also talk about um, an incident that really opened my eyes to my gift and made me who I am. So I'm excited and slightly nervous to share that with everyone. It's really a personal story. We almost touched on that in our last episode and I seen the fear in your eyes like don't go there. Yeah I'm like I'm not ready don't bring it up. (laughs) So after the podcast we had a chit chat and I think it's important. I mean if you don't share that experience you're kind of going along with the belief that you can't share that experience and there's listeners that have these things that feel, I can't say anything. I'm going to be weird. Like, share your stories with us. We're going to share ours with you. Yes, we are. So here we go. Um, Basically, I have always loved horror movies, scary movies, anything creepy. Like, I was all about it. Um, It's funny, though, because I would get scared so easily as a kid and as a teenager. But there was almost like a comfortability to it. Like a, you knew is was, was um, familiar to you. Yeah. Yeah. I liked being scared, which is kind of a weird thing to say. Yeah. But I liked that feeling. Um, obviously, like as a little child, I wasn't watching a bunch of scary movies. But in my early say, teens. I was going to say, you talk to your mom when you're like watching <laughs> Chucky at four? I wasn't. Um, I watched Nightmare on Elm Street at two. But. <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, I really did, but (laughs) in my early teens, I really, like, loved everything about that. Like, you know, when it was cool, like, to be a witch and things, when that was, like, in, I was like, well, I'm creepy, I'm weird, like, I always felt different, so I was like, that's probably cool, like, I'm gonna be like that. (laughs) I was really into it. Um, and we didn't have cell phones or, like, readily available internet access so it's not like I could google you know haunted places I was checking out books at the library watching things on tv (laughs) yeah old school right um watching movies and all that kind of stuff there was um a series of books that R.L. Stein published when I was like probably 
12 called Fear Street. And I remember just being obsessed with them. They were about like paranormal, like ghosts and like werewolves and things like that. And I was obsessed with like all that supernatural stuff. So I read all of those books. So that kind of tells you a little about who I was and my fascination Hmm. with that kind of stuff which didn't really end in my teen years. As an adult, I was still fascinated with all of that. I loved reading about that, watching TV shows about real-life hauntings, and I don't know, it just always triggered something inside me. Like, I was so curious. Yeah. Um, Now I look back and I see why these things were so appealing to me because I did have a lot of experiences growing up with spirits either by myself or when I would go to friends houses and I mean I can think of a dozen like very distinct memories that stand out vividly to me but I thought those kind of things happened to everybody really I just I thought everybody's seen ghosts well I thought like this probably happens to people and nobody talks about it hmm that is weird. Maybe it is. I Did you ever ask your parents? I mean... I, well, I would tell my parents, like, things, and they'd say, like, oh, that's not real. That's... You're fine. Go you back to sleep. You scary movie. Yeah. You scared yourself. Yeah. The typical thing that you would expect a parent to say or... Right. A response that you would get, but I don't know. I always felt like a weird, creepy kid like I I don't know really how else to describe it and I I just thought well that's just who I am um I always also was like very suspicious of things and people Ah. and felt like interesting I could almost sense like dangerous situations I remember going places with my friends when I was a teen and we would go to do something and I would know like this is not right. These people that we're hanging out with, like, no, something's off. So it felt more than just your conscience. It did. And at the time I would say like, oh, my mom, she just made me like paranoid. She just made me suspicious of everyone. So I always think something bad is going to happen to me, but that's not what it was. Now I see really what I was doing was like reading the energy of the people I was around and really able to like pick up on their intentions mm-hmm. and knowing that I was putting myself in a situation where I was around people that were not, um, had a lot of negative energy and ill intentions. Yeah. So luckily I was smart enough to always, almost always get myself out of there, but <laughs> I really just, see, I thought I was a weird kid. Well, I could totally understand that. I mean, I have the same experience growing up. You just kind of knew that something was off or you just get this overwhelming feeling of, I'm not going to do that today. Not that it was something bad or something you shouldn't have done, but I'm just not going to go there today. I just don't feel right. And then my friends would say, well, we went and this happened. And it's almost like I knew that. I knew, not specifically, but I knew something was going to happen and something was off. Yeah. So I could totally understand that. And kind of in that same vein, like there were other times I can remember as a kid, my mom, I would go to the grocery store with my mom and, you know, I thought maybe I just had an overactive imagination, but I would remember looking at people and thinking that person is not 
what they're showing themselves as. I don't even know how to describe it. It's almost like, oh, that person's like, they're not right. That's not right. I could just tell there was like a sense of uneasiness. I would look at people and just almost be afraid of them because you just feel that energy, like something's off. Yeah, that that's hard to do too because it's like you can't even give people a chance. You yeah. know what I mean? Like you yeah. want to give them the chance to give you good vibes and have a good first start, but you almost know instantly when they walk up who they are. Yeah, without I, them even saying a word. But we're talking a kid, like I'm six you, years old and I'm thinking that person's evil. I'm looking at someone going, oh. That person is not what they're showing me. Like, they're evil. I've never even thought back that far, you know? That stuck out in my head. Wow. <laughs> but, so that's... That must have been really difficult, though. I mean, your family... Did you read your family as well? Have vibes off of them, or...? Not really that I can recall. Um, if I did, I probably just never paid attention to it. Yeah. It really was, like strangers me assessing strangers do I feel safe what is this person telling me based off what I'm reading from them you know what what messages are they giving me yeah from what I'm feeling so that's really interesting yeah that's kind of how I used it as a kid and and growing up um I've also always been a dreamer not like in the sense of, I have big dreams for the future, you know? (laughs) But, like, I had very intense dreams and would sometimes get messages in them. And sometimes I would know how to interpret the messages and other times I wouldn't even realize there was a message until later, if ever. But, um, I mean, I don't really remember exactly when the dreams started. Probably young, but I don't know exactly what age. Around the time I was 12 and 13-ish, they got really intense. And I would have, like, consistent nightmares. Yeah. Um, I would just wake up and not know, like, is this still a dream? Is this real? And I would remember seeing a shadow figure standing at the end of my bed, sometimes in the doorway tall shadow figure like a man with a hat on um which kind of sounds like how people would describe like shadow people yeah um his hat was kind of like I would always say it was Freddy Krueger because that's the shape of his hat okay um so you correlated I mean scary movies you thought were kind of like the real thing. Yeah, so like yeah. the fear you would feel when you would watch that scary movie, like that's what it made me feel. And I saw that, it was like, oh, I recognize that hat as something familiar. That's yeah. like what it is. There was never any like distinguishable facial features. And really, I couldn't tell if it was a man, it was like a shadowy blob. Um, but it would stand there and I would wake up and scream my head off for my mom and she would come into my room and by the time she would get there it would be gone yeah and so things like that I mean just continued I would not want to sleep um I'd be terrified to sleep to the point where it just almost made me 
afraid of the dark, afraid to go to bed because I didn't want to have those dreams anymore. And that's hard, when, especially, well, now, it's hard for me now, but when you're a kid, being afraid to go to sleep, I mean, and I can only imagine what your parents were thinking along these lines, like, she will not sleep, how yeah. do we get her to I've, calm down, what's going on? I think, honestly, they thought, because I really did truly watch Nightmare on Elm Street at the age of two, <laughs> um, they didn't realize that I was actually seeing it right but yeah but my little little child brain did watch it um (laughs) so I think that they thought that I was just having nightmares yeah yeah and it was something I would get over eventually honestly that's what I chalked it up to as well because I didn't really know what it was right it just was happening all the time and I just wanted it to stop yeah um but That's not the first instance of me having trouble sleeping. When I was about six or seven years old, I had a bunk bed, and I slept on the top bunk, and my bed faced the closet door. And the closet always terrified me. Uh, Most kids are afraid of their closets, right? It's like, it's dark, it's scary, but that closet, it terrified me. And every night I would watch that door and make sure, you know, was it going to open? It was, it just scared me. And I would swear that something little came out of that door and scurried out. Even when the door was closed, like really closed, the door would open. So I would just watch that like so intently every night. Mm Mm-hmm. And I would close my eyes, like squeeze them so tight, just trying to go to sleep. If I just, if I don't see it, if I just close my eyes, like it'll just be gone. It will be gone. I would just like stack my stuffed animals next to me, you know, like, okay, I have like my barrier of my, my safe people, like the, um, I'm protected. Mm -hmm. Um, but I would hear a voice whisper in my ear, Jessica. So, like, loud but breathy in my ear. And my eyes are closed, and I would just be like, keep them closed, keep them closed. (laughs) If you don't open your eyes, like, if you don't open your eyes, it'll go away. But that happened more than a dozen times. And then, you know, after 10, 15 minutes of having my eyes closed, I would wake up and scream for my mom. Yeah. Who would never find anything in there. But what always creeped me out about it is you know I would see something little come out of the door right and then I would hear something in my ear and I would think how did this little thing scream in my ear when I'm on the top bunk and so it always creeped me out I would just like imagine like is it climbing up over like how is it getting to me yeah how How is it getting to me but honestly I didn't want to know I didn't want to open my eyes I never wanted to see it it had this like creepy growly voice that kind of sounded like Chucky's voice you know like that raspy old man kind of voice okay um it still happens to me to this day sometimes the voice is different right It's not always saying my name. Sometimes it's saying different things. It still brings the same fear in me when I hear it, though, and I'm still like, 
there's nobody else in this room. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, my husband's asleep next to me, and he is not whispering in my left ear. So, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. I can't. (laughs) It's so funny that our stories as little kids, like, one of my first memories is the same thing. Like, when you start telling me your story, it lined up exactly. I slept on the top bunk. I had my bed facing the closet. The closet every night, I would watch it open. But for me, it was this pink bubble man that would come out and I would do the same thing. Having my stuffed animals up by my head all along the railing of the bed and I would like hunker down as far as I could get, knowing that if I couldn't see the ground, it would leave me alone. And when you start telling me your story, I'm like, is this how it presents to every kid? I don't know. <laughs> how does that happen? Or like, every exact... kid just reacts the same. Yeah. And then, you know, I would yell and scream for my parents. And then when I would tell them a peak bubble man came out of the closet, what are they going to think? Yeah. She, she had to have been dreaming. Like, this is not a pink bubble man coming out of her closet. Yeah. So I can totally relate to that. <sighs> That's a hard one. It is. I've, I've had a lot of things happen. I mean, we've talked about this. A lot of the things that have happened to me happen around bedtime. Yeah. Um, you know, when you're relaxed and you're quiet. And especially for me, my mind is always going. Yeah. I'm always on the move. I'm always doing things. Really, the only time that I'm quiet is when I'm about to go to sleep. Um one of the most terrifying things that happened to me when I was young, I was 10 years old, about 10, and I went to go stay the night at a family friend's house, and they had a daughter that was just a little bit younger than me, and you know we were good friends, we played together all the time, and so I was excited to go over and spend the night, and we had fun, Afternoon, we had like pizza for dinner, we watched a movie, and then it was time to go to bed. And she had like this really cute day bed, and above her day bed, she had this cross. It was like a precious moments cross, and it had the little like precious moments thing praying above the cross. And so she gets in her bed and she's like, oh, we'll set you up on the floor. You know, she had me all set up with the pillows and sleeping bag and I'm like all ready to go. And her bed is against the wall. My head is facing away from her bed. Okay. So I'm like, my feet are pointing towards the opposite wall. My head is kind of close to where her bed is, I guess, if that makes sense trying to think of a good way to describe it um so I'm falling asleep trying to fall asleep kind of hard to fall asleep and I hear a whisper in my ear and I wake up and I'm terrified because I'm in a house and it's not mine and my mom is not there my dad is not there and now I just want to go home so I'm like I don't know what to do I heard this whisper, I'm just going to close my eyes, I'm going to go back to sleep. And I heard it again. And I sit up, and I turn around, and I saw the face of the cross, the Precious Moments doll on the cross, turn and look at me. 
What? Yeah. Yes. Turn. And you were fully awake. Fully awake. Look at me doubting you. <laughs> fully awake. Turn and look at me. That That's creepy. And I stood up and I ran straight to the bedroom <laughs> of her parents. I had a full down, like, full blown panic attack. Oh freaking out. You need to call my parents. You need to have my mom come and get me. I don't care what time it is. They tried to calm me down. Did you they tell tried them to what tell happened? me. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I did. <laughs> They're like, what did what you're, kid did we just You're let having house? a nightmare. You're sleepwalking. I'm not sleepwalking. I know what I saw. There is some fucked up shit in your house and <laughs> I'm getting out of here. Yeah. And I did not ever spend the night there again. So do you think, looking <laughs> back, do you think it was something in that house? Or do you think yes. it was you? No. It was in that house. Oh my gosh. I can't even. It was in that house. I couldn't imagine seeing that now. But as a kid. And then going to, you know, your friend's parents and be like, I seen this thing turn and look at me, and they're probably thinking, "What is going on with this kid?" Yeah, they probably thought I was crazy, but you know who believed me? My parents. Well, of course, I would hope so. They weren't like, "You just dreamed it," like all the yeah. other times. They believed me. So what I was did like, they say? "I'm never going there again." And they were like, "Okay." <laughs> and still to that day, that's a story that they remember because really? it really terrified me I can imagine <laughs> I can, well and the fact that it was a religious symbol that, right that's that's enough to scare you from hanging a cross on your wall ever again <laughs> yeah so needless to say there are no precious moments dolls at my house until this Halloween because I'm getting you a present you better not <laughs> it's not gonna be Chucky I'll just say that that is that's just mean <laughs> But I do appreciate you going back and talking about your childhood and how you got started. It was truly a pleasure to walk down memory lane. (laughs) (laughs) So, next week is going to be exciting. Yes. Tune in, guys. The story that everyone's been waiting for and I've been dreading telling when I face a demon for the first time. Literally. Literally. Literally Face a demon. It'll be a two-parter for sure, so tune in. Yeah. It will be interesting. Very interesting. And remember to share your stories with us. We want to hear from you. What do you want to talk about? What do you want to hear about? Do you have a really cool story that you want us to share? You can share those with us at podcast at ghostygirls.com. That's right. Thank you for listening, and remember, there there are no no goodbyes goodbyes for us. us.